Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam. We are five years into making this podcast that we love so much called Brown Ambition, and we could not do it without you. We've gone from me and Tiffany sneaking around my old office building, trying to find places to record. And thanks to you guys, we now have 100,000 downloads per month for this little show called Brown Ambition. We would love to ask y'all for a small favor as fans of the show. Tiffany, what are we looking for? Here's what we'd love from you guys. We already have over a thousand reviews and a five-star rating on iTunes, but you know what's better than a thousand reviews? 2,000 reviews. If you could head on over to iTunes, go to our Brown Ambition page, scroll on down to the bottom, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating and a review. So subscribe, rate, review. Not too much to ask, right? Easy peasy. We love you guys. And thank you so much for making Brown Ambition what it is. The last five years have been amazing. And it's all thanks to you. Hey, hey, we're back, we're black, we're brown ambition. Shout out to Mandy's mama. I saw the video sent me. I love it. Listen, you can't be calling me out like that. She doesn't know that I, listen, I think it's like a criminal offense to take a video screen recording of your Marco Polos and send them to people, but I sometimes I do it. <laughs> I'm like, what's a Marco Polo? Oh, Marco Polo is the, uh, uh, it is the best and worst app in my life right now. So Marco Polo, for, for people who like Snapchat, but it's too complicated, but they want to communicate with their relatives and family and friends in a really easy way. And also you hate FaceTime because you're kind of trapped on the phone with someone for a while. Marco Polo is you can just send people video messages back and forth, kind of like Marco. Oh. And then you're at the other side of the pool and you yell Polo. Oh, Polo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I love it. And it's really fun. And, and I recommend it for anyone who's, because my sister's in St. Uh, where is she? Wisconsin. My mom is in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm obviously in New York, and um, it's been really difficult not being, especially the first year of, you know, Rio's life, not having his auntie or his grandma around that that much. So Marco Polo was what kind of helps them feel like, like literally, if I don't send them a message every hour of the day, at least a little snapshot, then I have phone calls like, are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> are you having a bad day? Um, but uh, it's, I hope I'm not, I'm, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a good app ultimately, but um yeah. So anyway, my mom had sent me, she does listen to the show and now she's proving it because this is why I can't talk smack about her anymore on the show. She was like, she started one of her messages with, hey, hey, hey. Oh no, that's the Tiffany thing. It's like, yeah, mom. I love it. I love that's it. who she quotes, you can use it, not mom. me. I got it from Fat Albert. So it technically doesn't belong to me. Right. I mean, but he, he's not a real person. So 
Or is he? Is that a character? Whatever. I know. Yes. Um, or like D from um, What's Happening. I'm aging myself. There used to be this show. No, no, there was. It's not D. It was a the guy. It was. There's a show called What's Happening, and there was a guy. I forget his name, but he used to say. Hey, I think his name was Dwayne. Hey, hey, hey. And so, like when I was really little, I remember it coming on. So that's where I got it from. Well, now, see, now you've just ruined. The, everyone thought that <laughs> Tiffany. Wow, she is clever. She came up with this whole <laughs> catchphrase. Oh well, now we know. Five years in, the cat's out of the bag. I know. Uh, so this is not so good news, but um. I was just asking you earlier, had you heard about um, Cece, the six-figure chick? I had not heard of her until this week, actually. Yeah. So she is one of the, um, well, she was because she passed away on August uh, 14th, 2020. Um, So Mm. not just a few days ago. Um, She, one of the OGs in the digital marketing, digital sales game as a Black woman. Cece, um, almost any Black woman who is selling anything online will tell you that, you know, they have gotten a direct or indirect help from Cece. Hmm. She, you know, was just nothing short of amazing. She used to do this thing where she would show her gross sales every every um, uh, week or month. She would show you how much she was making, how she really broke down. How do you um, sell a good product or really hers were services, but with integrity, she was just... She just, I mean, there's so many, I used to just go to her page and just soak up and be like, I never thought about it that way. She literally had like, uh, she would post things like how to make money selling classes online. And if you want to make this amount of money, here's how you'd break that down. She was so transparent and open and just gave so much value. You really, I I have never seen someone give that much value in that space before. Hmm. And she was specifically um, for black and brown women. And so she just will be sorely um, uh, missed. But, you know, seeing so Cece had um, cancer, I I think she was in remission, but she had been um, had cancer and beat it, I think, three times over the last like 10 years or last five years, I think. Um, But what she passed away from was um, um, pneumonia. I'm not sure like where it stemmed from. I don't I don't believe it stemmed from COVID or anything like that, but. Um, But what was so telling about her, the type of person that she was, is that literally the day before, Cece had posted like a resource. And this is a woman who was at the time in the hospital. And it just goes to show you that her real passion, true passion was being of service to women like her who wanted to seek ways to make money with integrity um, and helping other women. And so I just wanted to just like send Cece a faraway hug and thank you for all that you've done for us in this space. But also too, it was a wake up call. Honestly, all the black and women, brown women that I know that are like, you know, that started their own business and who sell things online and things. We're all just kind of like, it just kind of a wake up call to like, are you doing what you want to do, how you want to do it? Because clearly CC was, Mm -hmm. and it just was a reminder to like, to realign, um, like our, our rich journey. I don't know. I remember, I know like it, it shook me to the core. I've been watching them. I saw they just bought a house in Portugal. Shout out to you, Amon and Christina. And so that was another episode or people who just had me look at my life and say, I want to realign. And CC was one of those people too. But yeah, I just been thinking a lot about realignment, realignment, realignment. And so that definitely shook me to the core. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to shout her out. Well, thank you. And sending lots of love to her family. And I think if you see any black or brown woman in a, in a position where they are successful today, I mean, you have to, we can't get here without thinking about the trailblazers before us. And there are 
you know, this is a space, personal finance space and advice. I don't know when CC got into the space, but it is, it's an old enough space now. I think the online revolution and like the creation of personal financial uh, help and and education and services online um, really boomed after the, you know, great recession. And, you know, it's been over 10 years now and there's people who have been rocking with it since the beginning and really paving the way. And it feels like CC was one of those pioneers. Um, Absolutely. And you can still follow her because her stuff is just still, you know, I just feel like even her legacy is the surface she left behind for us. Um, So it's like on Instagram, right? It's um, underscore the six figure chick underscore. So I would certainly go in because like I said, she was posting from her hospital bed uh, resources like you can do it. Here's how you can. I mean, so to me, it just speaks volumes about what she wanted to leave behind for us. And she and she really did. Like I said, she was the most transparent businesswoman I'd ever seen. I mean, you knew exactly how much she made, how she made it, in which way. Yeah, Cece was amazing. I love it. All right. Underscore six-figure chick on Instagram. The, the, the six-figure chick. Mm-hmm. Underscore the six-figure chick underscore. Magically, I'm sure a link will appear in our show notes because we yes, have I mentioned hope. it here. <laughs> Kelly, hello, Kelly, yes. yay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Well, Ken, I mean, that was, I'm, I'm really glad that we took some time to, to, to pay tribute to CC. Can we talk a little bit about what's happening in these streets to these postal boxes right now? Oh my gosh. I yes. mean, the post office, like I, I'm trying to catch up, but it seems, so there's a lot happening. Obviously, uh, he who must not be named, our commander and whatever, uh, uh, whining apparently. So he, I think, and this is just me, like Mandy, like just what kind of what I've been reading through the lines as I've been trying to read and not read and watch and not watch the news for my own mental health. But it seems like he's scurred, y'all. The polls are not looking hot. He has really effed up the whole response to this pandemic right now. And the election is, what, 80 days away, maybe like a little bit less than 80 days away. Kamala being named to uh, as a nominee, as the... uh, why can't I find words as a vice presidential nominee alongside Biden on the ticket for 2020? I think that has Republicans shooketh because it's become very apparent that they don't exactly know how to attack her because um, there's a lot of things. uh, There's just not very much there. There's not meat on the bone like there was for Hillary when you could really just tap into people's loathing of the Clintons and all that. Anyway, so Trump seems to be coming for not just the right to vote, but the the ability to vote by mail. And the way that he's doing that is like he has appointed some guy to the postal service who is now pulling, like defunding in some ways, some of the crucial services. Um, and the postal service is struggling like financially because people are not using the services so much in the time of COVID. But then it seems like all this has like kicked up in the last week and all over social. And I I personally haven't looked to see if these images are like have been corroborated, and I probably should have. And I, I, I like y'all have just been seeing them on Twitter, people sharing them on Insta and all that, of like actual mailboxes being put on the back of trucks yeah. and then carted away. Um, so the message, and this is what's really terrifying, is the message is getting out there that it's going to be hard to vote by mail this election. And I kind of wanted to just talk about that and talk about some facts around what you can do and how you can as much as you can try to be sure that your vote counts this year, because I'm worried that people are going to like these images, they're terrifying and we need to be doing things to support the post office. Like one of the most simple things you can do is go on to go online and buy a roll of stamps, buy the forever stamps. 
In fact, I think that they're about to increase the price. Um, so it's not a bad time to get a roll of forever stamps anyway, because, you know, you buy it at the current price and then you have those stamps forever. You don't have to, you know, buy additional stamps if the price goes up. But um, yeah, let's, let's like, what's your perception, Ben Tiff? Like, what have you seen and, and you know, what are your thoughts on everything going on? No, it's honestly really scary. I think I saw like, a, it was like a quote by um, our forever president, Barack Obama. And he was like, uh, never have we seen an actual president say, I am going to be shutting down basically the post office. So you can't vote against me. Like that's, he's basically has said that. Like, I don't want you to vote. I don't, I don't want you to vote me out. I just, how is this allowed? I'm not going to lie. There's just, you know, it's just like too much. You're just like, how is this allowed? How are you allowed to openly try to cheat and steal the election with impunity? You know, I just, yeah. Well, it's only allowed if our elected officials allow it to happen. I mean, that and it's like, but the thing is, I mean, there have been even before Trump. I mean, the party in power and I'm not going to say Democrats are without their faults as well and probably have participated in, you know, different strategies that make it more difficult to people who oppose them to get out there to vote. Um, But the current voting system truly favors people who tend to vote, you know, Republican. I mean, you think about black voters, uh, Latino voters, immigrant voters. I mean, there are there are whole like there are whole vehicles in motion meant to suppress their ability and their right to vote. And it's it's happening now. I mean, and, I, you know, y'all, y'all know I'm from Georgia and I talk about Stacey Abrams a lot and what she has done um, since she, quote unquote, lost the gubernatorial race in Georgia a couple years ago. Um, you know, there and she has been fighting uh, to to raise awareness about, you know, um, suppression of voter rights in Georgia. But it's not just Georgia. It's all over. And, um you know, I, I just want people to understand. So the 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 fear here, and this is what Trump is kind of like trying to get away with saying, oh, if people vote by mail, there's going to be a lot of fraud. So we have to prevent people from vote, voting by mail because there's going to be fraud. Just this very scary kind of like buzzword that his base just loves, voter fraud, um, which has no basis in fact, like many things that he has said. But whatever. Um, The thing is, like, he's trying, like, absentee voting is mail-in voting. Like, people have been doing it for a long, there's whole states where everyone votes by mail. This is not like a new concept, but he's making it kind of seem like it's this foreign way of voting, and oh my goodness, it's just not reliable and all that. But here's what you guys can do, and, and I really want like tell a friend to tell a friend because I feel like you never really know what where people are coming from or what they're reading, where they're getting their news and, you know, what perceptions they may have. But there are many states where you can actually vote early. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're if you are, you know, at this point, I, I know family of mine in, in uh, Georgia is even just like doesn't trust the post office. Like they're worried if they put their vote in the mail, you know, it'll get lost. But they're also worried that they're going to stand in line at a polling place and catch COVID and potentially die because, you know, who's COVID killing at a higher rate? Black Americans. Um, so it's like a catch 22. So they're so. They feel insecure about their vote counting if they vote by mail, but they also are worried about risking their health by showing up to the polls. So um, if you are determined to vote in person, see if you can vote early in your state. I was just checking New York. We can definitely vote early, so I'm figuring out how to do that. And this happened to me. I talked about, like, the primary this summer. If you guys were caught in, like, hours-long lines like I was in my county um, because voter turnout was high and 
they had closed so many polling places because there's like there's like such low numbers of volunteers for polls because um, of the COVID situation. There were really long lines during the primary, and I and I actually had to step out of line because we didn't have childcare. So I went home and Enrique had to go out and he voted that night, but I didn't. And I was like, there's no way in hell this is happening to me during the presidential election. So we're going to try to go out and vote early. That's one way to make sure your vote counts and that you're kind of limiting your risk by trying to avoid those crowds. Um, See and request. The thing is like mail-in voting, like if the government were to say, yes, let's make mail-in voting available for every American. We're going to send everyone a ballot. That would be the ideal solution, right? But right now, that's not what's happening because Trump and his cronies are really trying hard to not let that happen. That being said, you can still request an absentee um, ballot. And I don't know exactly what the like what the reasons you have to put on the absentee ballot, like what, what you can select to say why you have to vote absentee, but it's worth a try. Um, and that's another way to, you know, mail in your vote and, and have it counted because absentee ballots, they, they are counted. Not as quickly, but they do get counted. Um, I just really, I just hate the idea of people being, I mean, I know it's it could be so much easier, but I just, I, oh, it, it pisses me off that where that that he could possibly be um, discouraging people from getting out there and voting. And this is not the time to sit down. Like we need everybody. We need everybody. And we have, I don't just want him to lose. Like I want him to be obliterated. (laughs) Like we need to send a message. I feel desperate in this. And I haven't even been like, you know, I, I assume a lot of our listeners, you know, uh, aren't 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 really Trump supporters. I mean, I'm just going to make an educated guess. Maybe that's true, but I I, I don't want to make anyone feel you know uncomfortable about their political leanings. But I know lots of Republicans who don't support this guy. Like, I mean, what he stands for are not values. I mean, they're conservative, but they're not. They're they You can't. You can't. What I don't. What I don't think people can get away with this time around is you had a lot of Republicans last election saying, and I'll shut up about this in a minute. I know I've been talking a lot. Sorry. Um, a lot of Republicans say, you know, oh well, I don't. I don't believe in his. Um, you know, his social policies or his. You know, his his obviously you know racist and and um, xenophobic beliefs. But you know, I'm. I'm a Republican and I believe in smaller government and less taxes and I just got to vote for this guy. Like, I think at this point you can't like maybe in 2016, maybe you could say that, you know, you can get away with saying, well, he won't do what all he says about these social issues. He's just going to go in and, and, you know, and and push, you know, toward a more uh, conservative fiscal policy and all that. But he has shown you who he is now. So when you cast your vote for him, it's going to show us who you are. And it's really going to, um, it's just going to be unacceptable. I just can't, I just don't know how anyone could, you know, cast a vote for him. And I I think it'll be even more devastating than it was in 2016 if he wins. Um, and I'm truly scared that that's what will happen if people, you know, aren't out there voting. And Tiffany, you may now tell me to be quiet, but <laughs> like that. No, I think it's that, I mean, it's just that important. I mean, there's no, I don't know. Because before I know people voted because it was like, what's the worst that can happen? We are literally living in the worst that could happen. Not even the worst, but meaning that. We couldn't imagine nobody, how bad it could be. Now it's that bad. Get, yeah. <laughs> Beyond our even worst me, imagination. Even I was like, oh no, I don't want, I was like, wow, to have someone so ill-equipped to manage during literal crisis and to have people die as a result. Um, Yeah, I just, 
<sighs> yeah, I just we have to get out there, there and vote. I mean, there's just no other. And we're all tired, you know, right? We're tired. Yeah, mentally, we have to physically get out there and exhausted. Vote. There's a lot yeah. to be cynical about. There is, especially if like, you're a black body in this country. I know exactly. Like, we know, but please show up. Please show up um, and vote early. Uh, bring a friend with you. <laughs> Tell mm-hmm. everyone if you can vote early in your in your state. Let everyone know that you can. You know, we need facts to win. We definitely, definitely, definitely do. Also, fill out your U.S. census. Okay, this um, completes your uh, U.S. <laughs> government, AP U.S. government class. You know, the, the census taker came to my house this weekend. Did they really? So we didn't like, get one? Yeah. Okay. I was surprised. I was like, you guys are coming out? So, I mean, they had their masks on, and I, I just, like, answered them at the door. Wow. I mean, I answered, like, but I was surprised because I was like, oh, Okay. Well, you know, they're ending the, the census early for no good reason, but they're doing it a little bit earlier than planned. I think the end of September now, September 30th, it was supposed to go through October. Um, wow. Let's talk about the census, though, because you can't, the census is, it's only done every 10 years, and it is how governments decide, like, who is in different districts, like, what's the racial makeup, um, demographics, this all is, this all feeds into policy, so the legislation that's happening, the rules that are being implemented that you don't agree with, like part of that happens because of the census and it's incredibly important. Um, so important that like Cardi B even did an ad for New York, like a viral ad for New York to fill out, New Yorkers to fill out the census. Um, but you got to do it and they're giving you even less time than usual. Of course, why? Because the people in power, it doesn't behoove them if brown and black people show up um, in the census. And there's all kinds of really terrible like um, misinformation out there being shared on social media. Like if you fill out a census and you're an illegal immigrant that you can be deported and things like that, which is not true. Um, Yeah, it's another it's another way that, um, you know, uh, people are trying to suppress the vote of or sorry, suppress the voice of black and brown um, Americans. And we've got to get out there. Please fill out your census. You can do it online. Just Google census. You can do it online. You don't have to wait for someone to knock on your door. Yeah, no. I mean, I they, you can do it online, and that's also. I mean, they've been mailing like the like the census paper. I think we got so, the paper. Yeah, I think we got the paper too. Yeah, they mail like they. I've gotten it so many times. So there's just so many ways. Make yourself be counted. Let's put a link. We'll put a link in our show notes. Y'all Good. can say that you know. Okay, we'll made it a little bit easier for y'all, but I'm sure that, and I'll also find a good resource for you to find out if you can vote early. But I let's let's. I don't think it's too early to be starting. Look, they already got pumpkin spice things on the shelves, y'all. Like we can be talking about November election. Let's let's do it. Exactly. This is something that's totally random. But have you seen like there's this? Um, is it New York Times? Mm, I don't know if it's New York Times, but I just saw something where it was like there's a growing phenomenon in marriage called living apart together or a lat, which I'm like, oh, that is so millennial. Lat. What? Where couples choose, <laughs> yes, where couples choose not to live together even after marriage, given the chance to do this. Would you be would you be married living, get living separately with your partner? I'm like, wow. I never heard of lat before. But I mean, I've heard of, I've definitely heard of um not necessarily married people, but people like uh, Stedman and um, and Oprah or Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, like folks who are like in long term, like, you know, um, partnerships that they have their own houses and things like that, but they're not married. But then, you know, they. But they live they, together. Have, right. Yeah. But well, I don't know. I don't. Well, honestly, I don't. Yeah, I think Oprah and Stedman. Maybe Stedman, Stedman probably has his own wing. Of the yeah, I know. <laughs> estate. Right? But isn't that like, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's weird because I know, but I guess it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's, this, is this the new separate bedrooms or separate beds? You know, like in the 60s or whatever, they used to show like, like couples' bedrooms and they would have like separate beds. 
I wonder if this is the new separate beds or separate bedrooms. What's the um, benefit? Yeah, I guess it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Is this financial? Kind of like, is it a tax thing? <laughs> no, I think the benefit is you can only get on my nerves, but so much. <laughs> but I'm like, but that's part of marriage. I think, I don't know. I just thought that that was interesting. Like someone's like, what's the point in that? Exactly. Like, isn't that the point of why not just have a boyfriend? Yeah. Or girlfriend. Why, why get married? Like, you yeah. don't have to do that. Marriage is a you choice. You really don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just thought that that was, like, really interesting. Like, what? L-A-T. I would love to hear from y'all. Maybe maybe um, hashtag us, like, so tag me, um, the Budgetista, Mandy, Mandy, with an I, money, and um, Brown Ambition Podcast on um, on Insta. And let us know. What do you think about? And then let us know what you think about lat. So hashtag lat. You know, could you consider living apart uh, while you're together? I mean, um, I'm sure fun. a lot of people would just love to have a backup house that they could just like, there was a little bridge that connects them. I had, there was some celebrity couple that had two, they had two houses connected by a bridge and like he lived in one house and she lived in the other. Sometimes that would be nice, but I still like my husband enough to like want to live with yeah. him. <laughs> I guess that's good. That's the only way to me. Like, I feel like I, I could do that if I was like not liking my husband and I'm old. I could see like, you know, being like 70 years old, like, yeah, he gets on my nerve, but ain't nobody getting divorced at 70. That I could see that or which I have seen happen, especially for um, immigrant families. It's like he goes to such and such country first to make a way for us like that. I can see, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there's no judgment. I'm just curious, like some of y'all youngins, would you be open to lat living? <laughs> so, yeah. Lat living. All right. Well, uh, we're definitely interested in y'all's responses to that. Um, if you're still, you know, in love with your spouse five months into quarantine, then God bless you. And we're doing it, y'all. Like, we haven't killed our spouses yet. Enrique still yeah. lives. Um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Five months into this thing, it's nuts. I will say, homeboy, Rio started to crawl last week, y'all. And I, <gasps> like, like really crawl. And I always knew he was going to be very good at it as soon as he, you know, he really wants to walk. He's he's not down with this whole crawling life. Um, he would prefer if he could walk like a grown adult. But he, he, he'll he deal with crawling because it's a good way to get into Molly's um, dog dishes. But <laughs> it's next level. Uh, quarantining with working from home with, the, with a... Uh, with a crawler, I have to say it's. I, I'm not sure if I'll. I don't know how much longer I can do this, but so far so good. And shout out to y'all again for, for hanging in there. Oh, well, let's take a quick break after your um, lessons in in civics, and uh, be right back. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
All right, we are back. It's time for questions. My favorite part, my favorite part, my favorite part. Yeah, well, before we get into y'all's questions, again, you can go to brownambitionpodcast.com. You can send us a question there by clicking on Ask Us Anything or hit us up directly on DM on Instagram. We're at brownambitionpodcast on Insta or email us brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All right, let me dig through my my reader bag. All right, before we get into your questions, I really want to, sometimes you guys send us just really thoughtful messages, and they mean so much to me uh, and Tiffany when we get them. So I wanted to share one that we got from someone who wants to remain anonymous. Uh, she's someone who recently saw Tiffany on Queer Eye, and she's in a same-sex relationship, and she had this to say. I saw Tiffany on Queer Eye, and my wife said, wait, what did she say? Rewind it. Ever since then, I have been listening to y'all's podcast, and we signed up for the Live Richer Academy. My wife used to literally stay awake at night thinking about money moves. The podcast and the Live Richer Academy have been a blessing. I am Black, and my wife is white. We face discrimination at work in various forms due to our quote-unquote lifestyle. These challenges have led us to seek other career paths. We decided to focus on what makes us happy as a couple and as moms, feeling fulfilled and at peace. We have to say that this podcast and its messages have been a welcome relief to us. I don't have black friends and have been longing to have positive black voices in my ear. Our son, who has our world, is also Caucasian. I am outnumbered at home and at work. We tick so many boxes in diversity that we are very isolated. Our goal is to move to France because we feel comfortable and welcome there as a lesbian interracial couple. We are all taking French classes and moving towards those goals daily. We loved the Our Rich Journey episode. The grace and serenity they have is something to aspire to obtain. Not to give my entire life story, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate you both. Oh, that's really sweet. Send you, yeah, send you loves and hugs. You know, that's you know, it's not easy being quote unquote other. You know, I mean, that's why you know Mandy and I do this podcast because Mandy, you represent other in different ways, and I represent other in different ways, and. But we're not even all think, the others. There's so many others, you know? I know. That's, and that's why I think um, I was telling somebody, I think I was, uh, I was, uh, I was in, well, we're going to talk about the Elevate Conference later on, but in our brown uh, break, but I was, I, I helped to do the opening of this conference uh, called Elevate, which seeks to give voice to other in the personal finance space. Like, so LGBTQ, I think I'm saying it right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Um, but also black and brown and Asian and, and, you know, because they're just, even despite all the movement that's been made in this space, largely the voice of, you know, what's heard in, in the personal finance space is, is white and male. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that is one perspective. It's not invalid, but it's not the only perspective and neither is mine. I don't speak for all black, black or brown women and nor should I. I just think that there's so much room and necessity for so many different voices. And I'm just so happy to see that that's happening and that you found us. And um, yay. And yes, our rich journey is also a great resource. I've been like, like you said, the grace and serenity child. Me and Mandy have been swirling ever since. Yeah. (laughs) They have such a, you know, for such lovely, peaceful, calm individuals. They just make yes. waves wherever they go, it feels like. I love, I think the the value in them and what Tiffany and I both seem to have gotten out of it was just, just like, you know, pause and, oh, wait a second. Let's, let's reassess how we are living life yes. or how we are working and just be open to that. And I love that y'all are thinking about France because I think yes. stories like Christina and Amon's are, are really powerful because they show you a different way of life 
Like, why not Portugal? It makes you, it forces you to ask that question. Well, why don't I move to France where I would feel more comfortable? Especially in the time of COVID when it makes even less sense that I live where I do now with these high ass taxes. There's no school and like, it's very expensive. And I'm like, well, why do I live here? Oh, because it's, you know, a good commute to work. The way that we have just like, we have all just built our lives around, you know, this way of life, this nine to five or, you know, wherever your business is based. And um, yeah, it's it's a really good inflection point. And, I, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, the show is helping you get there and also stories like Christina and Amon's. And, but I, I get it. I, I, know, I can kind of understand what it's like to be, you know, you're so many layers of other that people mm-hmm. sometimes don't know what to do with you. Like, oh, which box do I put you in? Like, oh, 75 different boxes. I, mm-hmm. I cannot compute. Error, error. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not fair, but it's good for y'all to, you know, speak out and um, remind folks that, you know, not everyone is, you know, there are these others, you know, types out there and, and, and y'all are just as valid and your concerns are just as valid as everyone else. Yes, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for sending that message, Anonymous. All right. Well, let's, uh, back to our regularly scheduled programming, let's get to a question. This one's a good one. This comes from a listener who was recently furloughed and has a question about her credit debt. All right. If I can get my screenshot back. All right. Hey, ladies, she says, I'd like to be called Raven. And the baby's eating, so, you know, it's dinner time here. So y'all might hear a little, a little Rio magic in the background. All right, Raven says, hey ladies, I am here repping the dream catchers. I desperately need advice because I want to make the right steps in securing my future. And it's my first week back to work after being furloughed. Okay, so she's been furloughed for several months. She's been able to save a lot because she cut out a lot of unnecessary bills and no longer has a car payment. I'm living on my noodle noodle budget, she says. Shout out to Tiffany. My main bills are my rent, insurance, and internet, so about $1,400. During my time off from work, I've started working on my own business. Okay, so while she was furloughed, she started to think about ways to invest in her own business, and she's wanting to invest about $3,000 into herself, which she says I feel I can save up for as I usually can save about $500 every other paycheck. However... My biggest concern, she says, is about the last of my credit card debt, which is $6,600. Right now, this card she's using has a 0% interest rate, but the promotion will be ending in September. And the credit card issuer said that the interest rate could go as high as 30%. My credit score is 780. Okay. She says, what should I do? Should I take the money out of my savings and just pay the card off? But that concerns me since I'm more than likely going to be placed on furlough again in November until January. Okay. Mm. So let's unpack this. So she's got yes. this so- $6,600 of credit card debt on a 0% interest card. So it sounds like she got a great promotional credit yes. card offer. That's nice. She's been saving on the side. She's got like 16 k in the bank. She's probably whittled that down a little bit since she was furloughed. But she's got some savings. September is coming, right? It's very as soon upon us. Her interest rate promotion is going to be ending. It could go up to 30%, yes. but she's got pretty decent credit. What are you thinking, Tiffany? Well, first I'm like, yikes. So this is, I'm glad Raven. Hey, girl. Um, yeah. DC. Um, but I'm glad that this is such a great question because, well, Raven, you're in a great position because first thing I would do is fly to magnifymoney.com. Don't walk. And don't run. My- fly. Yes, fly and find myself a balanced transfer card because you're in a great position, Raven, because you have excellent credit. Um, I can't promise that whatever your balanced transfer card is going to be is going to take the full 6600 but 
um, see how much you're able to get. And because I quite honestly might go for two of them because up to 30% and that's compounding. So if, for those of you, what I mean is this, is that let's just say for the sake of argument, Raven owed a dollar and they were like, oh, you didn't pay off this dollar. Your promotion ends. You're going to have to pay 30, 30 cents on that dollar in fees. That's a dollar 30. And then what compounding means is that if she doesn't pay off that dollar 30 by the next month, she's paying an additional 30% on not just the dollar again, but the full dollar 30. Yeah. And so every month it just, I mean, I'm making it really simple, obviously, but every month it's going to, you're going to be paying not just interest on the, on the principal, the original dollar, but interest on the interest and interest on the interest, interest, and interest on the interest, interest. Like, do you see? Like, yeah. so it's not 5%, it's not 6%, potentially 30%. That's egregious. So I would literally fly to, to magnify, M-A-G-N-I-F-Y, magnifymoney.com. And we're not just shouting it out because that's where Mandy works. Well, kind of, because Back um, in they're the bought by Lending Tree. Right? <laughs> um, but still, it's still one of my favorite go-to sites, um, magnifymoney.com. Look for a balance transfer card, maybe two, if the first one doesn't fully take on the 6,600. Um, because normally, if, if you weren't, to me, if, if Raven, you weren't um, subject to furlough in a, in a month or so, I might just say, girl, take that 6,000 off from your 1,600 and pay it off. Normally, that's not what I would say. But because of the potential high interest, that's what, you know, I would, I would, I would have said that if we weren't in you know, uh, quarantine and pandemic and all that kind of stuff now, because you're right. I need you to hold on to your savings, but that's what I would do. I would get one or two balance transfer cards to transfer that balance. So you can pay it down, um, slowly without having to tap into your savings, which you're going to need because you know, you're going to be furloughed soon. So that's what I would do. Yeah. And I think, I mean, your credit score right now is an asset and this is, we, we talk about credit scores a lot. People are obsessed with their credit score. And I think you, it's the kind of asset you kind of want to have in your back pocket when times can be tough like this, because it gives you access to affordable debt. Um, and in your case, with a 780 credit score, it's likely, you know, we can't say for sure, but it's likely you could qualify for another credit card offer that's as good as this one, 0% for a promotional period. Um, so yeah, you can start there. I was wondering though, um, you know, cause she's, she's good at saving obviously she's got really good financial habits she's trying to go in the next year cuz she's obviously in this career this career path where she's being furloughed um she says again she'll be furloughed this fall she's already been furloughed once through the pandemic and she's wanting to pivot away from this career and start her own business um like what if she ends up in the same predicament again so like let's say she gets another 12 month apr um, you know, for 0% interest and it's next year and things have been a little bit rocky. She's been furloughed. And like, I'm just, I, I almost wonder like, what's the case for talking about like a debt consolidation loan through a credit union mm -hmm. at a super low rate? Because, and this is just me presenting another option. I'm not saying it's a better mm -hmm. option. I mean, you do it ultimately what you want to do. Um, uh, Raven, I forgot your your code name, Raven, but like with a debt consolidation loan with your excellent credit, you know, you can probably get, you know, rates are really, really low right now and go to a credit union, um, see if they can give you um, a, a, a personal loan for the amount that you want to pay off your credit card. And that gives you, that's, that's a one-time loan. It's a fixed payment. You know how much you're going to pay each month and you know when the loan's going to be paid off. And yes, you pay a little bit of interest, but you don't have to worry about it ever expiring um, and getting yeah. hit with like, 
The thing about these 0% APR offers is sometimes they even have um, a deferred interest clause, which isn't just like, oh, your interest rate's going to go up, you know, when this promo period's over. It's also, oh, we're going to go back to the very beginning and pretend like you were paying interest the entire time and just smack all that interest onto your balance. And then, like Tiffany was saying, then compounding interest takes over and then you're just like seriously screwed. Um, Yes. So I would consider as a second option, you know, you know your financial picture better than anyone you know about your job and your ability to get this business off the ground. But um, that's another option you might want to look into is, uh, you know. Yeah, that's a great one, too. That consolidation. To Mandy's point. Mm -hmm. So you have two. So I know you're right, Mandy. Some people are just totally obsessed with their credit. And I'm always like, once you have a 750, you can calm down, Susan. Yeah. Um, But there's that because that 850 (laughs) is like elusive. I know. But I'm like, nobody. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I tell people like <laughs> it's a range, literally seven fifty to eight fifty. It's considered A A plus. Like we're both going to Harvard, boo. I will see you with my seven fifty. So um that's why so I'm glad, Raven, that you've been able to maintain a high credit score because now you have two great options. Mm. Um you might do a mix and match. You might do like, hey, let me see, because they don't let they don't tell you the balance transfer card people that you choose. Like, like I said, if you go to Magnify Money, they won't tell you how much until it kind of goes through. So let's just say of the sixty six hundred, they say, hey, you know, you're approved for four thousand, and then you might get, as many mentioned, um, you might go to a credit union and get the rest. So you can mix and match. You can do one or the other, um, but because of your of your good credit, you have options, which is really good. Exactly. Options and freedom to choose. So take advantage of that. All right. Can we take one more question? You got time? Of course. Of always. All right. Of always. What am I saying? <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, Tiffany and I are both like sweating in our, with no AC on, uh, just losing <laughs> our minds. All right. Here's a question from a listener called Eve. All right. Eve says, hi, ladies. I want to start investing in stocks. Is there an app you guys can recommend for beginners? I've tried Acorns and didn't like it too much. I'm currently looking into Robinhood and Stash, but I'm not sure which would be better for beginners. This is a hot question. Everyone with all their free time right now is trying to get into stock investing, which is like good and bad. <laughs> um, yes. Good because it's exciting to grow your wealth, and you know, I, I am all. We're all about that. Um, but yeah, these are these are very common apps. So Tiffany, you're a fan of Acorns. I think you also use Robinhood. I've used. I do. I've used Robinhood. I've never used Acorns or Stash. But yeah, what 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 do you, what are your opinions? Because all we can share is our opinions, really, on what we like um, best. I mean. If it depends on what you're trying to do. Like I I call I like to use Robinhood for what I call fun investing. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, oh, you know, I heard of a hot stock or whatever. Let me do some more research on it, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna buy a few of it. I'm not like I don't use Robinhood for like hardcore, like, you know, um investing. Not to say that you can't, I'm just saying how I use it. What I just hardcore? use hardcore. Do you mean like long term? Yeah, I mean, like, even though I don't really, I'm not really big on selling, but meaning like I use Robinhood to kind of test out my theory. I'm like, huh, I wonder how much, let me see, let me get the stock at this price. But then I use, um, oh, what am I using for like the long term? Oh, what was that site? I feel like it starts with the E. It's a brokerage account that I actually use for like, if I'm going to do like bigger stock purchases. Um, E-Trade? Because, uh, yeah, E-Trade. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's, a, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So E-trade. I just use that for like, you know, like more of a, like an in-depth, like, because I like, how I'll use their tools. I used to learn more. I'm like, you know, really like more invested. And I haven't used them in a while because I have a financial advisor, a financial planner now, but um, who does those things for me. But that's what I was using it for back then. But I, despite I have, um, so I've since rolled over my um, E-Trade account um, um, money, but I still maintain my Robinhood. So even though I have a financial planner, whenever I hear about a stock or I'm interested or I'm whatever, I, you know, 
I, I kind of give myself like um, a few hundred dollars to, to to purchase things when if it seems to make sense for me. So, I mean, I'm probably not the best person because I'm not super heavy into stock investing, but I do like Robinhood at least to start. Well, yeah. And here's what I'll ask Eve is when you talk about you want to get into stocks. And I was just talking to my husband about this because I have to remind him all the time, like, baby, we are investing in stocks. We have index funds. We're investing in hundreds of stocks. Um, But it doesn't feel like there's this idea of like trading stocks and investing that kind of intimidates people because they think they need to understand company financials and they need to watch CNBC and, you know, and, and read barons and all this kind of thing to invest. I think if you ask yourself first and foremost, you know, what are your goals when you're talking about you want to start investing in stocks? Is it like Tiffany said, you know, you want to just see what can happen with a few extra hundred dollars, you know, if you invest in a little bit here, a little bit there, and you just want to like test things out. I would say Robinhood's a great tool because it's a really easy to use interface. I'm a fan of Robinhood. It's commission free, so you don't get charged. Um, A lot of places because of Robinhood now offer commission free trades because it's just fairly competitive and how can you beat it, right? So that's what makes it an attractive kind of app for beginners. Um, it's an easy interface. You transfer money and then you can, you know, buy your stocks right then and there. Um, I think they even offer not just, they used to just do individual stocks, but I think now you can actually buy mutual funds and ETFs through the Robinhood app as well, which makes it even more attractive um, because those types of investments are different than individual stocks. With Mm -hmm. an ETF or a mutual fund, the beauty in those is that you get exposure to all kinds of stocks all in one little pretty package and you don't need to, you know, it's more diversified. There's less, you know, it's a little bit less risky because all your eggs aren't in one basket. Um, Robinhood offers that. I too use Robinhood just to kind of mess around. But as far as my goals, I mean, my goals are to retire soonish, like in the next couple of decades, which actually doesn't sound that long. Like kind of freaks me yeah. out. What? <laughs> in 20 years, I'll be done? Like what? <laughs> anyway, um, so that's my goal. So I've got like 20 to 30 years that I'm trying to save towards. So I have all of my um, investments outside of my 401k in Vanguard, in index funds. And or, and I really, I'm a, I'm a Vanguard girl. I always have Me been. Too. And I, I, it's not the most, it's not the sexiest interface. It's not. It's very blah. It kind of feels fuddy-duddy. But Vanguard is like the OG of the, the everyday investors, how I kind of feel like, you know, Jack Bogle invented the index fund and everyone mm-hmm. hated him back, at, you know, back then. There's a lot of beauty, I think, in and the simplicity of the Vanguard experience and for my goals. And you need to ask yourself what your goals are too. For long-term investing, um, I choose Vanguard. I used to have a target date fund through them, but I recently ditched it. Um, and I selected index funds on my own uh, because I knew a little bit more. Target date funds are really great for a beginning investor because they take all the guesswork out of it. You just decide, okay, what around what year do I want to invest? And then you select the target date fund that matches that year. And they automatically rebalance your portfolio for you. The older you get, it gets more conservative. So you're not exposing yourself to so much risk. It's all very cool. Um, but they, you know, the cost of the target date fund is is super low too, which makes it attractive. Um, but once I learned more about which index funds to choose, um, I could save even more and get an even lower cost by picking mm-hmm. them myself. But for the first, like, I don't know, how old was I when I opened my first 401k, 24, 23. So like maybe the first six years I was rocking with the target date fund. And listen, I killed it. I was so lucky to get to invest during the last recession when the market was so bad because everything was basically on sale. And the money that I put in there has just grown and grown and grown for the last 
you know, decade really. And a target date fund served me very well. But when I was ready to do more, Vanguard was pretty easy. So I'm I that's that's what I use. And, you know, E-Trade also is there. I think E-Trade, they uh they offer some commission free uh trading as well. I've heard good things about Stash too. Um Yes, I have too. I think what's beautiful is that there's all these options now. So, you know, do your homework, do your Googles and, you know, pick the one that that you think is great, but pay attention to fees. Like what are they going to, if you are thinking about trading a lot, what are the fees to trade? Um, you really want to find a place that's commission free because every time, if you're trying to trade stocks regularly, that's going to eat into your returns and, uh, you know, it's not not good for what you want. So you want really low cost, you know, make sure that the interface is easy for you to understand and make sure that they offer what it is that you want to invest in because they don't all offer, you know, exposure to the right, you know, maybe the index fund that you want or uh, the company that you're looking to invest in or the ETF or whatever. So, you know, that's all I can say there. So question, I know you, you're a financial was she her financial planner or financial advisor? Do you still work with Helen? We had her on the show before. I love Helen. You know, I only got two birthday cards on my actual birthday. One from my daddy and one from Helen, my financial planner. Um, love her. No, uh, we haven't. We last talked with Helen right before we had the baby. So Helen's kind of our life stages uh, financial planner. So we talked to her before we got married. We talked to her before we got our house. We talked to her before we had the baby to kind of like get ducks in a row. Um, but she doesn't manage any investments for us. And she's a fee-only planner, which is why I love Helen. It means it's kind of like going for your annual checkup. I can book an appointment with her and I pay a flat fee. And, you know, and then I and Helen continues to kind of check in on us, but there's no pressure to continue working with her and all that. Um, but, yeah, we still work with Helen. What do we No, I just asked because my um, one of my mentees was asking they were going to work with a planner. And when I tell you the egregiousness of what the planner was telling that he was going to charge. Oh, Lord. I was like, girl, first of all, one point five percent. Of, and then also five thousand dollars a year. I'm not saying what. Okay, is that legal? <laughs> I was like, is that even? <laughs> no, oh, no, no. I think it was like one or the other. But honestly, oh, all together, it just was. It was. I, I was just telling her like no, that I was going to like. I, there were three planners that I knew that I really liked. I have you know I have my planner Angelie who I love. I also love Helen. I thought that she was awesome. And then there was another woman named Amy Irving that I had interviewed when I was looking for a planner. Remember, I interviewed like twenty planners. Right. Um, and so I told her that I was going to, you know, that you should always interview more than one, that I was going to send her those three women. So I just was wondering, I couldn't remember if um, Helen was, um, you know, in what capacity you could work with her. So that's good to know. So I'm going to just send her over because I was like, girl, run, you know, like, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I love about Helen is that she's really been there through every stage of our financial lives. You know, we started working with her when we were about to get married, and then we worked with her closely when we were planning to get the house. And then we talked to her a lot before we had the baby, just trying to get our finances in order. And she's very, very transparent. Her company is Capital Benchmark Partners. But I think I found her through XY Planning, um, which is an uh, online network of fee-only financial planners. So the key really is, you know, find your own Helen, I maybe called three different planners and interviewed them before I settled on the one that I, you know, thought was the best fit for me. And I really recommend that. Mm -hmm. And I found, um, so I interviewed, um, so I interviewed Helen. I loved her as well. Um, I think 
Helen, I think Helen might have been the one because I had a lot going on. I think Helen might have been the one who actually suggested Angelie. Three of the financial planners that I actually interviewed suggested Angelie. They're like, uh, because I, I created this whole like Tiffany's money sheet. It was like six pages of all my money shenanigans. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, girl, you need a special kind of planner. I suggest Angelie. And when I said three planners suggested her randomly, I was like, that's okay. very telling. It is a very good sign. Um, and so because, I, you know, you guys know I've got like five businesses and then, um, you know, my husband works and it just was I have some real estate. So it was more than just um, it wasn't as cut and dry um, as maybe my life like 10 years ago. And so as a result of that, you know, um, you know, they suggested Angelie. And honestly, she's been wonderfully amazing. When, she, when I say she has un, like just disentangled all of my stuff and has created a helpful, clear plan to our goals. It just feels amazing. I used to be really afraid of my finances, despite making good money. I didn't feel secure because I knew that's all I was doing well, was making good money, that I wasn't making, you know, I, I didn't have a, like a plan in place. And how do I get from here to here? I, you know, like, I mean, you know, Mandy and I always share how we're so adverse to like debt, but in some ways it was like to my detriment. I was, I just, I was hoarding too much cash and I knew that. And so, yeah, so finding a find the right financial planner for you is just, if you need one, because not everyone needs a financial planner, but if you need one, finding the right one for you can really just be a godsend. So shout out to our financial planner. So um, it's good to know about Helen, because I'm going to I'm going to suggest um, that to my mentees. I told her, like, Angelie is not cheap um, because she typically works with people who are like me that have a lot going on. So you don't want to you don't want to overdo it unnecessarily with someone maybe like Angelie. You also really want to ask yourself, you know, what are my goals? Do I really need a financial planner at this stage in my life? Honestly, I think a lot of people, you know, with a little bit of research on your own. There's tons of books out there. There's YouTube channels you can follow. There's podcasts you can listen to. There's tons of articles. You know, that's what my whole team at LendingTree is always working on. There's a lot of free information that can help you, you know, reach some basic milestones, become debt-free, um, you know, learn how to tackle your 401k, uh, you know, learn how to save for a goal. Mm -hmm. I don't know that those are necessarily the types of things that make sense to hire a financial planner to help with unless you're truly, truly, you know, just cannot handle it and you really need that coach. Um, but even then, I would say a financial planner isn't just someone you come to and they're entirely hands off. Like you should come to the table with your own, you know, your own knowledge of some aspects of, you know, financial success yourself so that you can ask good questions and you can also call them out on their BS when you need to. Exactly. No, totally. All right. Well, it's that time of the show again. Should we boost or break? Yes. Yeah, someone told do, me that this was their fave, the boosty breaky. Mm -hmm. I mean, should we put it on a t-shirt? <laughs> What do you we think? Should. It can say boost on the front and break on the back. Oh, yes. I, I mean, we that. are working. <laughs> boost yes. I, I mean, that. we are working on some merch and we ne we really need y'all ideas. You should let us know if you have any ideas for our swag. Yeah. And also, are there like, um, oh, we we definitely need to put hey, 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 like on a mug or something. OK. So like what would be your favorite? We're not going to get sued, are we? <laughs> no, I mean, it's not. It's <laughs> no, it's not. Um, It's not because it's not. Um. I mean, who can't say hey? Um, so maybe we should definitely have we're back, we're black, we're brown ambition. I love that. Okay, great. Um, but if you guys have, if there's like some phrases that, you know, me and Mandra use all the time, 
um then there's like remember that um Ooh, like hashtag team tiffany hashtag team mandra right or like or no get you a friend what was that one it was like get you a friend like mandra get you a friend like what was mandra it? yeah yes <laughs> that would be would you guys wear that on a t-shirt okay also shout out but shade out to the person who told me they'd never met a black mandy before <laughs> Uh, nice to meet you. Let me be the first and best black Mandy you've ever met in your life. Well, Tiffany's not a super black Mandy. All right, fair enough. Then again, I picked it. But anyway, so yeah, if you kind of like message us some like, um, you know, brand ambition phrases that we use that you would love to see on some merch, we would love that. Love it. Love it. And maybe, oh, maybe if we choose like, you know, maybe we'll do some sort of contest or something like that. Like if we, if there's like a, a phrase that we really love, I mean, aside from the obvious, which we've just said, but a phrase we really love, maybe we'll send you some free merch when it comes out. Yeah. Brand ambition podcast at gmail.com. Love a contest. All right. You're going to boost or break girlfriend. I'm going to boosty. I want to boosty a um, Sandy Smith and the Elevate Conference. Oh, I love Sandy. So um, Sandy, we haven't had her on our podcast, but we keep talking about her. Um, so Sandy's just awesome. I mean, she's one of the OGs in the the Brown uh, personal finance space. Um, but Sandy started this conference. So you guys kind of know the debacle for those of you who've been listening for a while with with the financial conference that we shall not name. Um, but it was not exactly super friendly to, um, to other. So brown, LGBTQ, like just, you know, it just wasn't, um, at least maybe on the, uh, on the surface, it looked to be, but when you d- dove deeper, not so much. So there was a lot of shakeup with that other conference, um, this year as a result. And Sandy last year, I think it was either last year or year before last, she had her first conference, um, called the Elevate Conference, which is inclusive but like deeply inclusive of other. Um, but it's especially for black and brown folks. And so I, I did a keynote uh, at um, Elevate last year. We actually have an Elevate uh, Facebook group. Whenever I'm looking for resources and things for my dream catchers, I go, I, I literally call them the browns, even though everyone in there is not like traditionally brown because we've got like Asian folks in there. And, you know, basically it's just a safe haven for anyone who is other in personal finance and just an amazing resource um, just a, an awesome community. And so Sandy had her first in-person conference last year. She was supposed to have one this year. And I remember in the beginning of the year, because of COVID, she was freaked out because she had already planned the conference. And now it was supposed to be, I think, in March and it couldn't happen. It was all this money on the line. And it just seemed like it wasn't looking good. She wasn't able to get all her deposits and things back. But Sandy pivoted. I mean, she put the P in pivot. And, and took her conference online. Um, and after the other conference kind of like imploded, at least temporarily, so I'm sure they'll be back, um, imploded, people started to look for where are safe spaces for other to congregate. And so all of a sudden she got sponsorship she wasn't getting before, all the support. I mean, us Browns, we've been new. We've been new, Sandy. But I just want to congratulate her because the, the Elevate Conference just went, um, was just last week and it was, Amazing. When I tell you she did such a good job, I I I, would, I helped to do um, the opening um, chat, the opening talk for the conference of why a conference like this was so important. And I just basically said that, you know, what I said earlier, that there has to be other voices because there are different types of people who need to see themselves um, in the resources being presented. And everything is not black or white, that most of us live somewhere in the gray. Um, and just so I'm just so proud of Sandy because it's been 
uh, when I tell you she did so much of it by herself, I was like, Sandy, who edited these videos? She's like, I did. I'm like, Sandy, who did this? I did. But Sandy, who did that? I did. I'm like, what? She is, she is a jack of all trades and a master of all. You know, it's usually like a master of none. So yeah, that was just my boost. I just want to say, Sandy Smith, I am so proud of you, girl. I cannot wait for the Elevate Conference next year, which is tentatively scheduled to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you know about Tulsa and Black Wall Street. Oh, Tulsa. I know. So Black Wall Street, do your Googles. That's hugely historic to be able to do it there. And so, yeah, that was it. I just wanted to just give her a huge, huge um, virtual hug and and shout out. And she's just doing the amazing work of um, of providing platforms for people like me and Mandy and othered folks to be seen, heard and understood and shared. Love Sandy so much. And, you know, earlier when you were talking about Cece, Mm -hmm. it it reminded me of Sandy because I feel like they had that same ethos. Um, Yeah. It's all about uplifting and supporting women and being transparent and love you, Sandy. And we will have her on the show, I feel like in the next couple of weeks. So (laughs) stay tuned. We finally got her. All right. That's great. All right. My turn. So I wasn't sure what to do this week. I I have so much to do. Um, (sighs) So much to say, but I would really like to make this week's break. Sorry to be a little negative. (laughs) It's going to be good. I am ready to take a break from Forex trading, okay? This has been one of the most popular questions we have gotten, and I feel like anyone in the personal finance education space has probably gotten from folks through their email or DMs or whatever. It's, what is Forex trading? Do you have any tips? Is it legitimate? And I just think we need to talk about it, you know? Forex trading is not something that I personally participate in, nor does Tiffany, but I think since so many of you guys are curious about it and you very well are probably seeing the same ads and the same, you know, YouTubers and the same um, folks on your social media or your uncle, you know, texting you like mine has, you know, talking about Forex trading and it's time for us to talk about it. Yes, I have seen them. Yep. And the bots, the Forex bots I've been seeing. Yes, and the bots. Okay, so let's break it down. Forex trading has, I don't know, it's developed this air, this mystique about it where people think, well, they're kind of like afraid of it, almost like it's a scam or something, like a get rich quick scam or like a multi-level marketing company, you know, that's where you recruit someone to sell something and then, you know, they make money by recruiting someone or whatever. But here's the truth. Forex trading is a very legitimate form of trading. It is, in fact, a huge, huge market. I mean, trillions of dollars pass daily through the Forex trading market. So as you guys are probably familiar with, there is, for example, the New York Stock Exchange, um, and that is where you trade stocks. You trade shares in companies. So you might buy 10 shares of Apple today, and your hope is that when you sell those 10 shares of Apple, that it was worth more when you sold it than it was when you bought it, right? So the Forex market or foreign exchange trading, this is where you're trading something different. You're actually trading national currencies. So you're trading a US dollar for a British pound, or you're trading a British pound for a Japanese yen, or whatnot. And it's it's very similar. You hope that when you buy the other currency, the foreign currency, that when you exchange it for a different currency, that that will actually be worth more than what you paid for initially. And that is how you make 
money in Forex trading. That's a super duper simplified. Here's the thing, Forex trading, sometimes there's just like this huge surge in interest for it. I actually went to Google search trends and I was like, let me see, have people been searching more for Forex trading? Let me see what the trends have been like. Guess when there was an uptick in search volume around Forex trading? Around April, 2020. Hmm, I wonder why. It was right when the pandemic truly hit. Most states were shut down, if not shut down entirely, shut down partially. And millions of people, tens of millions of people were furloughed or lost their jobs. Okay, I decided to go back a little bit further. And I was like, when was the last big surge in interest in Forex trading? What do y'all think? I was going to say 2008, 2009. Exactly. As you say, it was back in 2008, November 2008. When did Lehman crash? Like October, September of that year? At any rate, interest in Forex trading tends to surge, as we've seen from the past two economic crises, 2008, and then you cut to now, 2020, with what's happening with COVID. There's all this interest in Forex trading because there are a lot of people out there who have packaged it into this sort of get-rich-quick um, I don't want to call it a scheme because, as I've said, it's a legitimate form of trading. But it's cre- that people have taken advantage of the interest in this type of trading and the fact that you can, you know, you can trade 24 hours a day depending on which market you use because um, they're all over the world, right? You could be trading on London hours or, you know, Japan or Tokyo hours or, you know, Sydney hours, whatever. Um, so, yes, there's a lot of opportunity to make money, but it's a very complex form of trading. And, you know, you really have to get educated and understand it. And this is where opportunistic people have taken advantage of the mystique about Forex trading because they sell courses and how to do it and they sell this information. And honestly, yes, maybe the information is useful. Maybe they do an okay job of explaining what Forex trading is and how it works. But if you think that you can immediately become an expert in this form of very risky investing, and it's risky because, you know, it's as risky as you want it to be. It's depending on how much money you're willing to put into it. But if you've just lost your job or you're financially insecure, you've got debt or whatnot, this probably is not the best place for you to, you know, get your financial, uh, you know, get your financial safety net put back together. Uh, This is my personal opinion. I'm sure there very well are people who are, you know, making tons of money in the Forex trading, uh, you know, market and all that. And that's very great for them. But I mean, you should look at it with like several hundred grains of salt and definitely think twice before you pay someone money to teach you about forex trading and ask yourself, you know, what are you expecting to get out of it? Because, you know, I could offer a, an, a course myself in stock trading today, but you're your own person. And there's so much more than just understanding how it works that goes into it. You also need the time. Like, do you have the time to sit at your terminal at your computer all day, you know, look at the price graphs and, you know, really understand what they mean and when the opportunities are to strike and all that. I mean, it takes a lot of mental bandwidth. And I and it makes me sad because I think a lot of people who are being drawn toward this form of investing, you know, are more vulnerable, like you have more to lose. Um, so that's, I just wanted to, you know, look at the elephant in the room because everyone's talking about it. So let's just recap. Yeah, Forex trading is legit. It's not probably the best way to invest, especially dollars that you are very afraid to lose because they're all you have left if you've really been struggling, you know, in this current COVID crisis. So just think about it. And if you guys have more specific questions, you know, let me know. Um, There's some really 
you know, there there is some good, helpful information out there. If you want to learn more about Forex trading, we'll, we'll share some links to Investopedia, um, Investopedia's explainer, you know, in our show notes, they're a trusted source. And just you can start to educate yourself, but always do your own due diligence and, and really try to avoid any kind of investing strategy or investing, you know, hot new trend, um, because that usually, it usually doesn't bode very well. No, I agree. Because people ask me all the time about Forex and I'm like, well, at its core, it's not a scam, but many things surrounding like how to learn, how to Forex trade. Unfortunately, there are so many scams surrounding it, just like with, with anything. Um, and so, yeah, just, just being mindful and doing your homework and doing your due diligence and that quite honestly, I know it sounds like so cliche, but if something seems to be too good to be true, especially when it comes to your money, it is like not when it comes to cake necessarily or cookies or like, you know, your favorite dish. Like, oh, this looks too good to be true. No, eat it. But when it comes to money, if it seems too good to be true, 99.9999999% of the time, it like is. Like always. Um, because <laughs> if it was that easy, wouldn't we all be rich? Like mm-hmm. ask yourself that. How is it that this person that you're meeting has cracked the code on how to become rich in two weeks and no one knows? I mean, yeah, they haven't. They've just cracked the code in, in, in taking money. So, whew, this has been an episode, child. Thanks, as usual, Mandra. Megasode. Yeah, a megasode. Megasode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we hope that y'all, you know, have enjoyed this ride with us. Thanks for rocking with us. Don't forget to leave us a review, yep. please, for iTunes. And did we even mention your reviews? You know, getting us past a thousand reviews was one of the reasons we were selected as the top personal finance yes. podcast by Business Insider which is a very surreal moment for me because I used to work at Business Insider. In fact, yes. that's where I got my start as a personal finance editor and reporter. I launched there. I was one of the first, uh, fa- I'll call myself a founding editor of their personal finance section. So it's crazy yes. nearly 10 years you know, later. When you call me, it still says Mandy Business Insider. That's what it says on my phone. That's when we met. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tiffany was just the baby budget Nista <laughs> with an article on her blog about a bike that her daddy bought her. Yes. And I was looking for a story to write. And then here we are Yes, <laughs> all these years later. Well, it's because of you guys. So please, if you haven't le- left us a comment or, or sorry, left us a review on iTunes, please do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, five stars would be excellent. And then tell a friend about the show. Um, thank you all for helping to elevate the show. I feel like we have such a bigger audience even now than we did pre-COVID. And that's, you know, just you. a testament to, to really you guys mm-hmm. for spreading the word. So thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And maybe next week I will finally talk about my mortgage refinance, which just finished finally, and how I have banned meetings from my life and how I feel so much better. Yes, let's Mm. definitely talk about mortgage refinance because you know they're the um, Freddie Mac and and Sally Mae are trying to add a half percentage. uh, Sally Mae? Not Sally Mae. Um, Freddie Mac. <laughs> the other and, one. Yes. Fannie Mae. <laughs> Fannie Mae. I said Sally Mae. Oh, my God. It's been a You know what? Bye. Listen, all those Mays. Who comes up with these names anyway? I mean, come on. It's not like anyway. somebody's southern uncle. Freddie Mac and Sally Mae and Fannie Mae. Mm-hmm. Like, who are these people? But, yeah. All right. All right. Well, have a good rest of your week. You too.
the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.